Isaiah chapter 6 is a familiar place, and I wanted to just end out in verse 5. But in verse 1, Isaiah was speaking about the year that King Uzziah died, how he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. His presence filled the temple. Wouldn't you like that on a Wednesday night that we can shake off some of our fall, you know, things and the coolness of the season and just let his presence fill the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings with twain. He covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. What house were you built him tonight? I would say, Lord, fill this house with your glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. This is Isaiah. He said, then said I, woe is me, exclamation. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king. Amen. Not Uzziah, but I've seen the king. My, this verse, I have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. See, going back to verse 1, he had been raised around King Uzziah, but the year that that king died, then he saw the Lord. And any individual that sees the Lord will have verse 5 as your testimony. You're not going to be all uh, arrogant and proud. But you're going to see your, your, uh, your condition. You're going to see the condition of the world we live in. You're going to see the darkness that we live in. And things are just magnified when you see in the presence of the Lord. But I pray that we would see the King, the mighty King tonight. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. Do you all feel that way tonight? The more of the Lord you see, the more wicked this world is. Have some of you been following the news, what's happening in Israel? It's just horrible what's been going on. All the killing and the atrocities and the, and the murder. Little babies, mothers and the rape. And, the, and, and then Israel coming behind and destroying and, and, and really just uh, taking out the enemy. But also innocent lives. Yeah. War is a horrible thing. Yeah. I said war is a horrible thing. War in your heart between the world and, and godliness War in a relationship, war in a family, war in a church, war in a nation. You know, we see it in politics. We hear it every day. There's no, there's no, there's nothing that is normal anymore. I think even yesterday in the Senate, they, uh, they're just fighting. Growing men are just standing up and taking off their rings and challenging one another. I mean, the world's gone insane. And if that's what the older people are doing, what, what's the children and young people? Are they they're going to be normal and, and just quiet? And, and No, no. It's even worse, friends. We need the Holy Spirit. E- e- even on a Wednesday night, we need the presence of God in our meetings. Just he- Hell is creeping up into this dimension. The world's getting ready for a tribulation. 
They're getting ready to have what we see happening in, in Palestine tonight in Israel. It's just a little taste of the destruction that's going to happen. And, and whoever's going to drop the bombs, the nuclear bombs, and America see nothing but craters coming up. And, and, and don't get it in your mind that all oh, this peace, peace, and, you know, Biden meeting with the president of China. You know, friends, they, they hate each other behind the scenes. It's so much going on. China hates the U.S. U.S. hates China. They might shake hands and look all nice for the cameras, but behind the scene, they got nuclear warheads, Iran, South Korea. Friends, there's only peace is in Jesus. Our only future is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And heaven is our home. And I pray tonight the Lord will give you peace and in this rapture season. Isaiah is a type, as we read in verse 1 to 5, he had lived a lot of his life looking up to the king and looking up to the king. But it was in the year that he saw, this is another season, when this king died, he was able to see the king, the Lord of hosts. And maybe there needs to be things die in your life for you to see the Lord. I know things are happening financially, even in our church. Brothers might get, be getting laid off. Brother TJ got laid off. Brother Elias, uh, brother uh, different ones, brother Ethan, others. And we might be going into a fall and a winter where it might be struggling around here just a little bit financially. We need to really encourage one another and hold one another up in prayer. But sometimes the Lord will take away things that are precious in our hearts, take away our health, for us to appreciate health. He'll take away finances for us to realize that it's not the almighty dollar that, that is mighty. It's the Lord Jesus that is mighty. And when we see Him high and lifted up, and when you really meet the Lord, it makes you a humble person. You know, the wings that covered the face is in humility. We need more of that in the church of the living God. Tonight I want to speak on preparing in the rapture seasons. Let's go to the New Testament, to uh, 1 Corinthians, just a little bit. Uh, if you, I'd like you to have your Bibles tonight to maybe turn uh, to the Scriptures. I have some Scriptures uh, that I've had on my heart for some weeks, and I'd like to just mention it. Uh, I even wrote it down further in the Bible study in a little bit. We're going to go back to the, the book of Leviticus. But I wanted to go to the New Testament and speak for just a little bit about this temple that the Lord has given you this temple of your body and your spirit, that it is the Lord's. And tonight we need to be mindful that we've been bought with a price. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And when you look down in chapter 6, you begin to see um, in even verse 1 how Paul is speaking uh, in the New Testament, and we're going to go back to Leviticus, which is the law in the Old Testament. But Paul was bringing up and restoring, dare any of you having a matter against another to go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? So tonight um, we need to realize that God is calling on us that are the living saints to have character adoption character before the rapture so in order to go in the rapture there's going to be a group of people just skip down to verse 9 as Paul was speaking about some of those things uh, speaking about the kingdom of God and just through that verse he said be not deceived 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I'm going to go back into the Old Testament and speak about this just a little bit. Some of these words we could break down for you, but I think sometimes we were speaking about this a little bit with uh, saints at the Bible study. Uh, but, you know, we need to speak more about this in plain speech. Our judgment begins at the house of God. But I think it would give some of our fathers more courage some of our mothers more courage if they heard the minister speaking about it more plainly that we wouldn't have to hide behind some to be politically correct. If we're always tipping around things like we're on thin ice, then when we need to be bold and we need to make a stand, then we find that when we go out there and are on the front lines in the world that we tend to just be a little bit ashamed or bashful. So I think in the house of God we need to encourage one another. This is righteousness, this is unrighteousness. This is a life that's filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a life that is not full of the Holy Ghost. And, and I believe on a Wednesday night especially, we're all here because we want to be here. But when you look in verse 9, Paul said, be not deceived. Uh, he was speaking to, to believers and to a church that wanted to do what was right. I could say tonight, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. What does verse 11 say in your Bible? And such were some of you. Is that true? We were all born in sin. We were all shaped in a negative way. None of us are any better than anybody else. So if you've been delivered of something, you ought to be able to thank God tonight. Don't be looking down your nose at other people. Uh, there's a gathering on Saturday for the homeless. I tell you, we all would be homeless tonight if it wasn't for God's grace. We'd all be on drugs. We, and such were some of you, but ye are washed. Hallelujah. I am washed, but ye are sanctified. The congregation is sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not a church name, not a family name, not the Branham name. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I think this church ought to explode with amen. It's in the name of Jesus we have the victory. It's in the name of Jesus that drives back those effeminate spirits. Homosexuality and beastology and lesbianism and all the spirits that even we pick up in college and university. Philosophy telling you that you, know, you can be this today, be this tomorrow. I feel like being female today or a male tomorrow. That's nothing but a, a, a modern spirit that it creeps right into the church. It, it creeps right into feminism is alive in the message where they want to take control over the bridegroom and they want to live any way they want to live. If you notice, I didn't say the preacher or the pastor. They're trying to assert authority over the Word. They're trying to say, I can live however I want to live. And the Word is saying, no, we want to live God's way. And such were all of us. 
We were born this way, but God has justified us. I think you that have listened to the message, Invisible Union of the Bride of Christ, can be thankful that we've not just been forgiven, we've been justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And uh, he goes on to speak uh, down in these things. Verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. And and I think the next few verses are, are really, really good. But verse 18 speaks about fleeing fornication. Get out of there. Get out of that. You, you say, not much is spoken about the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Canaanites. The, the Old Testament believers were being cautioned to, to not make that their inheritance. That the land of the Holy Ghost, they were to overcome these things. But today it is overcoming the websites. The Jebusites, the Amorites. It, you and I have to overcome the ites in our lives. And it might be a family strain. It might be a weakness that you individually face. But I want to declare victory tonight across this pulpit. You have the victory. There's no spirit that can take over your mind and your spirit and your heart. Just give it back to the devil tonight. He he gives you a box of rattlesnakes. Just send it back to him and say, I don't want this in my life. I don't want this spirit no more. I don't want to pamper it no more. I have victory in the name of Jesus. Like Joseph got out of there when Potiphar's wife tried to make love to him. He got out of there. And yes, it cost him years of being in prison. Years and years. But it was fulfilling the word of God. If that's the Old Testament, where are believers in the New Testament? If Joseph could do that without the Holy Ghost, then you can run from that evil too. We need to encourage our young men that you don't have to defile yourself. And our young ladies. I know you go to college or you go to school, you go to high school, homeschool or Linden Academy or Blaine, whatever. There are spirits that are creeping in all over the place. And we need the word to just wash us, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord. Even in our minds tonight. I'm talking about believers need a thorough washing. It's creeping right into the message. This, these spirits that you see even on the news and things, it's creeping right into the households. And we need to say, God, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have grace for your people, Jesus. Let these things not be even once named, even privately. But, Lord, even publicly, it's almost embarrassing to even have to talk about it. But verse 19 is our verse and verse 20 that I want to leave you with tonight. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? I know this isn't new news tonight to you, but I want to encourage you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I think it's good on a Wednesday night just to take a little time and ponder some of these things. Not to just run over it. We live in a nervous, frantic age that's so busy. We tend to scroll and swipe and rush through things. But tonight, I believe the Lord is really giving us an encouragement mixed with a warning 
that we are preparing for a rapture season, that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. And we do not own these bodies. We're going to go to Leviticus in a few minutes. We have no right to tattoo our bodies, cut our bodies. We have no right to share ourselves with another person sexually uh, of, of a person of our own orientation or of a different orientation that's, that's not your husband or your wife. Yeah, that's right. It's not clean. It's not right. That's right. Amen. I, I think the ministry ought to have liberty to talk about this Amen. and that we not be quiet in the church when it is talked about. Now the generation before us and my father's generation or the older ones, these things were taboo or to talk about these things in private, let alone in church. But friends, Satan is throwing the, the lid off of hell. And, and some of our children and our young people have found out these things at a library or on the internet or on Google. or They learn more about these things from uh, on the school grounds than we, and it ought to begin in church. In our homes, we ought to be able to say, Devil, you're not going to come in here and be able to rule our lives. This, is, this atmosphere is for the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I think it gives courage for a believer when they hear the ministry and the Word and older ones talking about it and just putting it out there that, that, that now the Word is making a stand with them. Amen. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, verse 20, glorify God in your body. How many want your life to be, bring glory to God? Well, about half the church. Amen. How many want your life to bring glory to God? Your body. But notice there's a comma, and your spirit. And in your spirit. Don't let your spirit get clogged up with things of this world. If, we, if we, we get so caught up in the things of life, not even wrong things, but it just clutters up our spirit. Sometimes we need a vacuum to come down there like you would down in the vent of your, of your uh, dryer vent and it just gets clogged up. And if we're not careful, it can start a fire. Something that's just so innocent as your dryer at home. Nobody's ever heard of that can cause a fire because there's too much lint. There's too much stuff that collects from your clean. You say, I'm cleaning my clothes. I want to clean clothes. But if we're not careful, it'll burn your house down. Something so little, something so private, hidden away. And we need God in our bodies and in our spirit. And I want to say this tonight, which are God's? Your body is not yours. Your spirit is not yours. Your mind is not yours. Your soul is not yours. For a real believer, they surrender that to God. I wonder what kind of church we'd be if we'd say, Lord, consume me, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost just consume me tonight, Lord. I'm preparing for the rapture. Now, Sunday, we spoke about this in Isaiah. And if we have time, we'll go to it. And if not, maybe when I return, maybe we'll come back to this. We were speaking about a new season out of Isaiah 65 and how God was saying, I create new heavens and a new earth. Can I stop there and say, don't you want to go there? A new heavens and a new earth. Verse 23 is a promise for our children and their offspring with them. 
I believe tonight you need to nail that down, that I'm going to take my children with me. I'm going to take my family with me. We're, we're coming into Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know there's many that think different things about the holidays and things. I think this year if we would actually make it a holy, holy day instead of a lot of frolic and really influence one another and encourage one another. Be a blessing around your unbelieving family members. Don't take the side that, oh, I'm not supposed to eat with him if there are this and that. Or, so are you like that. And if, and if believers would have kept you like that, and if they would have treated you like that, where would you be tonight? So don't misalign the scripture. We were speaking about seasons, and we put this image before you of, of, the, of a tree, the bride tree, or you, in summer, full bloom. Then in the fall, when the light leaves are falling, Sister Charity blowing them. Some of you just drove in tonight to the nice church. It's dark outside, but she was blowing the leaves off. Well, we're in a fall time. Then you come into the winter. I don't know if I'll have any of this in Edmonton, Brother Steve, but this white stuff here is snow. And it comes down in other areas, up in the mountains. And there's, that's another season. And then we come into spring. Our sister Smouts here has a coat on on the front row. But just a few um, weeks ago, we had this door open. This fan was going. These, these windows were open. Some were fanning like this. These fans were going uh, even on Sunday to try to get some circulation through here. It goes to show that our, our clothing and our dress ought to mirror the season that we're in. And if we're in a rapture season, we need to be getting ready to go. Tonight we're getting ready to go. Flashing red light of His coming, we're getting ready to go. I, I don't need to scream it out and declare it all. We are living in the end times. And this is a message, things that are to be, that is a wonderful sermon. When Brother Branham talked about this body being just an old coat, and someday what will you do with it? For you, you was only in the garment for a while. That is like the earthly garment, this body, your real body, your real self. Your real body, your real self is on the inside of this old coat that you call William Branham or Susie Jones or whatever it is. Or like Hannah Clark. We've never seen the real sister Hannah Clark. The real sister Renee Ajo. We've never really seen the real her. We see the coat. We see the, the outside of Sister Elizabeth Diaz that opened up their home for our Bible study. Thank you, Lord, for that. But this is just a coat. This is just a coat that we're going to lay aside one day for a new coat, for a new body, for a new change. And you write your name and you sign the paper or sign a document or at the, maybe at Wiku or your bank you sign, you're getting some money out and you sign your name. Usually it's just a scribble. It's just showing that somebody was there, you know. You scribble your name. That, that's just an old coat. On the inside of you is something that's real. Things that are to be. My, my wife and I was listening to another 20 minutes of it last night. You know, we almost have to make an appointment anymore. You have to make an appointment. You have to lay aside time for the Word. 
You might do it in privately, but to do it with your spouse or your family anymore, you got to set an appointment. I'm just being real. Amen. So we set an appointment. In the morning, she's driving out, and I'm driving in, and then she's going here. And I'm, Can we you listen to a little tape tonight? That'd be good. Okay, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Let's have 20 minutes. So we sat down and we for 20 minutes. Well, it goes longer, you know, <laughs> with Brother John. Pause. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And let's pray for so-and-so. It turns into 30 or 40, to be honest. But, you know, we start out with 20 minutes. But I, I pray. Let, let's start out somewhere. We didn't watch a movie last night for 20 minutes or three hours. We, we were listening to a prophet saying that God made the seasons. I, we were listening to a prophet that said everything was pre-planned by God from birth to maturity. Uh, we, we were listening to things that are to be. I think it's good sometimes to hear these things. We heard Brother Branham say this about education. I want to prove to you that education and science and civilization and all these things that we seemingly so enjoy today is of Satan. Is of Satan. Well, that'll shake your world sometimes. In this civilization, we have sickness and sorrow. Tonight, I'm preaching about preparing for a rapture season. Here's a prophet. We just listened for 20 minutes of him speaking about sickness and sorrow and lust and death and everything in this civilization that is wrong. But in that civilization, there will be none of this. We won't need science. And he talked about all the nervous and the squeezing and the hurry up. We got to pushing and taking. And uh, See, it's all the devil. Let's all say it's the devil. Maybe you thought that was just you. No. He said all the nervous and squeezing and hurrying up and pushing and taking, it's all of the devil. Let's just call it what it is tonight. We get all worked up. We get nervous. It's the devil trying to make us nervous. It's the devil trying to throw us off. It's the devil trying to push and take. And he said the kingdom of God will not have automobiles, airplanes, or any scientific achievements. Now tomorrow morning, uh, uh, Brother Steve and Sister Hannah is driving me to the Vancouver airport. The Lord willing, we're going to get on an airplane. In just a few minutes, we're going to be in Edmonton. I'm glad I'm not driving. In this life, we have achievements like that. We have automobiles, we have airplanes, you have cell phones, you have tablets, you have computers, but none of that is going to be in heaven. Amen. It won't have education. I'm reading out of things that are to be. Education, civilization, all this comes from Satan. That was a good 20 minutes, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Brother Karim? Amen. To find out that a lot of things we spend so much time with is not even going to be there. Our automobiles, our airplanes, our cell phones. Do you think in heaven we're going to be texting, you know, the archangel to turn down the heat or, you know, all, friends, we're going to have new bodies. You'll travel like a thought. Tonight, we're getting ready for the rapture. Let's go to Leviticus, please. If you have a Bible, is that Brother Boaz saying amen? Happy. Amen, Brother Boaz. Out of the mouth of babes. 
Brother Mahmoud's responsible. He prayed for the congregation. Amen. So he prayed for the minister. So if I'm blessed tonight, thank you, Brother Mahmoud. Amen. If you're blessed tonight, thank you, Brother Mahmoud. And thank the Lord for blessing us. Hallelujah. I don't want to keep you long. Leviticus chapter 18. I wanted you to look in the, in the scripture about some of these things, the principles and the law of, of Moses. And, and as we read earlier of Paul bringing it up in the New Testament, in, in chapter 18 of Leviticus, when the Lord speaking to Moses, speak unto the children of Israel and saying to them, I am the Lord your God. Amen. I am the Lord your God. Not sports, not your career, not fashion. Hello? Not clothes, not your tires. We, all kinds of idols. Sports idols. It's true. Put no God before him. Anything between you and God is an idol. Say, I got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. I'm not talking about coffee, but people get into that. Got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Well, we, we, it ought to be that way to the Lord. And I don't, I'm not being funny. I'm just saying God put that desire in us. As Brother Steve preached on zeal and passion, put a desire in me, Lord. From a little boy raised, I just begin to pray like that. Lord, put a love. Is this okay? Put a love in my heart for your word that is greater than the things of the world. I'm getting ready to read some things and that's what we all need to pray. The love for God to be greater than these other things. Not because it's a law or a duty but because it's the word of God and I see, I see this. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. In other words, don't live the way the world is. Don't take on their habits. Don't be comfortable with their music. Don't be comfortable with their, the, the atmosphere that they live in. Even in the restaurants. I think it ought to be more disdaining for us. All the music and, and all the monitors. You can't even go into a restaurant without TV screens. But do you know what? That's the way they are at home. They have it on for hours and hours. While they're dressing, while they're in the kitchen, while they're this, while they're that. While they're, you can't even hardly go to a restaurant where everyone's on their devices. You know what I'm talking about. They can't even have a conversation anymore. Satan has crept into people's conversation. Their private life has become public. And the word is telling us, don't let them become your standard. Verse 4, ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. And these next few verses makes it very plain. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife 
shall thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness or your stepmother. And this is speaking about very clearly the nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father or daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness shall thou not uncover. This is plain talk, but this is in the Bible. The nakedness of thy son's daughter. That's your daughter-in-law. Or, fa- or thy daughter's daughter. That would be your niece. Even their nakedness shalt thou not uncover. For theirs is, theirs is thine own nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter. Begotten of thy father, she is thy sister. Thou shalt not uncover their nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy father's sister or your aunt. Let's just say it tonight. Think about the word. Don't blur over it. The Bible's very clear that we are not to condone sexual sin in our families or incest because what you do at home, you'll bring into church. The Bible's bringing very clear in the next few verses. You can look on down. Verse 14 speaks about your aunt. And it says it very clearly. Verse 15, Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy daughter-in-law. She is thy son's wife. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of thy brother's wife or your sister-in-law. It is thy brother's nakedness. It just goes on and on and speaking about your daughters and your sons. Verse 19, thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put, uh, put apart for her uncleanness. That's speaking about the time of her month and her monthly cycle. I'm just going to say it tonight. We need to be careful around these things. In our homes, but also in the church. People are going through things. Every single person that you meet is going through something. Be careful with the sisters in the church. Be careful with the brothers in the church. Don't just walk around arrogant and think you got got it all and you're a know-it-all. If you're a person of position in the church, it ought to be humbling to you. And don't be dominating and like overlords and and think that you're some mighty person. He that is the leader amongst you ought to be the servant amongst you. It doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. No, no. Many times we live in a glass house and leaders and Sunday school teachers, song leaders and ministers, deacons, trustees, the media, whatever. But it, it, it ought not to be something that we, you know, just kind of shine up and I, I've got something to say over you. No, you don't have nothing to say. You need to humble yourself and wash feet with one another. Can the church say amen? Yes. Brother John is your servant. I'm not, I'm not an overlord. Verse 20, moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. The person over the fence, the person next door, your neighbor. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. And you can look in the book of Acts and other places. But this is, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy Lord. I am the Lord. In other words, stop cussing. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. 
And I'm not even going to say it from behind the pulpit. But sometimes people slip out these things and they say it so casually. That, that's, that you're defaming the name of the Lord. And I'm not going to give examples. We ought to know better than that. There ought to be a Holy Spirit that grieves our heart when we're saying these type of things. Tonight I'm speaking about adoption and about getting ready for a rapture. You might have got away with it a year ago, five years ago, or at, an, or, or at another church. But I pray God hone it so down that we're getting for a rapture around here. And if you step on my toes, thank you very much. I'm getting ready for a rapture. Verse 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is something you brush under the carpet and don't talk about. Is that what the Bible says? No. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. It's something that, friends, if you watch it on television, watch it on YouTube, look at it in private, those spirits go into the families. Then, it, then we don't want to talk about it. Like David that committed sin with Bathsheba. If you watch the, the troubles that he had with his sons and his family for years to follow was because he had personal sin that became public. So he's not going to correct Amnon. He's not going to correct uh, uh, the, these other sons. So it becomes sin that comes into families. Then they come into the church and they sit right in the church. Then they become big givers and they've been around for 20 years or 15 years. And then these spirits creep it right in and we need the word to cut it out of our lives. It starts out as a little seed. It starts out as a little this. and a, You can go through the seven seals. It starts out as a little this, a little saying, a little doctrine, a little this. Pretty soon it becomes manifested. God, nip it really in the bud. Nip it right down there, friends. And I'm trusting you as a congregation to take this down into your own personal life. Say, Brother John, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about nothing. This is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking this out. Verse 23, Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. You say, this is a light thing. There's a lot of people that love their animals more than they love the believers. They love their dog. They love their horse. They love their little tarantula. They'll spin and talk to their little gerbil that's running around. And, and they'll spend more of time with their little fishy. That's beastology. I'm sorry to just be so plain tonight. That is not holy. That is not clean. When you cannot love the brotherhood and love a sister and spend time and communicate. It's called beastology. You can look it up and study it later. But, but to lay down, for a woman to lay down with a beast or for a man to do that creates confusion. Verse 24. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. Can I say denominations? Could I say that tonight? You say that's out in the world. No, it became in the Baptist, the Pentecost, the Methodist. It became in the Catholic. And don't you think that we're in the message that it's not going to come in our doors? 
No, these things need to be talked about. All the nations. Satan's trying to build up a kingdom in your life and God's wanting to break that down. Take you in a rapture. Take you high above all those things. Don't defile yourself with these things. Verse 25, the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Verse 29, for whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. I need to go into chapter 19 here just for a little bit. And I, I wrote down verse 10. Uh, thou shalt, uh, verse 9. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field. Neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every, let's all say every, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard, thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger, I am the Lord your God. I think that's what we're doing Saturday with the homeless. You're not supposed to have every penny and every dollar. And, and glean off every grape. And No, you're supposed to leave some for the poor, for the needy. And that's not just financially. That's also spiritually in the church. Yeah. Say, our family's strong. We're all together. Well, we're to be strong for those that are weak in the church. Yeah. Take them out for coffee. Take them out for a lunch. Deal with, this is our family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach it, Brother John. Let's not bring confusion in the church by making it like they have in India. You have the rich ones here. You have the poor down here. You have this family's affluent in our church. This family don't have much. That ought not to be in the house of God. We are one family. You might go bankrupt. You might be a millionaire. We ought to be able to sit on the same row and praise God together. One time I, I, I was marrying a couple and we were there in Indiana with my father and then we drove to Tennessee and you know on, on one in, in the morning we had on a tuxedo and a nice, nice suit and in the afternoon we drove to Tennessee and, and took a photo with my deacon that was in seersucker trousers. Do you remember that honey? And, and we, I took a photo with him and he had on bib overalls and Brother Bradham said that's what, that's what it ought to do for us as believers. It ought to be able to put our arms around somebody that's, you know, have something and somebody that's just in their coveralls. Well, forgive me, that was free, but I just felt like that's something we ought to do in this church. We ought to be more willing to cross those lines. If you read on down through this chapter 19, but verse 28 is where I wanted to bring your attention. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh. Why? It's a sign of death. People cutting themselves. You see it today. It's nervousness, stress, and strain. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. Tattoos. Tattoo parlors. Say, everybody's doing it. Not every Christian's doing it. And if you had one in the world and you come into the message... We understand. God bless you. You don't need to wear long sleeves the rest of your life. And such were some of us. 
Amen. Don't be ashamed in our church. You have a tattoo from when you were worldly or you're living on the edge. You got it on your ankle, got it on your arm. Maybe it's a good testimony. Say, what's that? You know, what's that? Well, that's when I used to be under the taskmaster's whip. But believers should not be going to a tattoo parlor. Believers should not be cutting themselves and putting nice little, you know, this is a nice little thing. Me and I'm going to put my wife's initials or my girlfriend's, this little butterfly. It's, it's perversion. You go to some parts of the country or the world, and they're all over the place. They're, they're just, you know, this, that. They're t- it's a sign of perversion. Yeah. Say, Brother John, you're getting legal. No, I'm taking it right out of the Bible. Amen. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Yeah. Verse 29, do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore. There's fathers that do that but allowing their young ladies to dress any way, act any way, mothers that allow their daughters to go out of their home and and just dress any way, you're allowing them to be a prostitute. Chapter 20, you can see in, in, in these verses, verse 5. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 5 Then I will set my face against that man and against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people and the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards. This is more serious than you think. Horoscopes and when you were born and tying that into Scientology and wizards and, and looking to all of this, you say, oh, it's just funny. Comic books ain't, oh, it ain't so bad, Brother John. You see what a prophet talked about comics, preparing their young hearts for a tribulation where they can look at anything. And oh, How many times did you hear Brother Branham say they could see their mother's soul fry in hell and laugh at it? And walk down the street with a beer flask in their back, in their back pocket. These are pastors' wives, uh, daughters and ministers' children. They start living such a life of debauchery and walk away from the message. Say, oh, you're putting your nose down. No, I'm not. I'm saying, and so were all of us. I tell you, friends, if God took his hand of grace off of any of us, we'd all be gone within 24 hours. Years ago, it might have just kind of fell very slowly. But you see it today in the message. People walk away from the word. It's very quick. They're right into pants and shorts and perversion. They're not ashamed. God bless Brother John for preaching this. Amen. They'll post it on Facebook and Instagram. They're posting their prostitution. God give us a church that's back to where they're back on their knees again. and Where we're not ashamed of the gospel. Hundreds of thousands can chant through all the major cities of, uh, of the world and be so against the Jews and against all of this. Surely we can stand for Christ in Bellingham, Washington. Surely today we can stand for the Lord. I think we ought to be planting our potatoes. I, I think we ought to be laying up in store. The Lord might not come for another five years. He might not come for another three years. What we're seeing now is a prelude to things for the future. But friends, uh, if if it's not over, God will allow those winds to be pulled back. North Korea, Iran, or nobody is going to drop a bomb until it's over. 
There might be a little girl in Seattle that needs to come to the Lord. A little girl in Florida needs to come to the Lord. There might be a little boy in Africa or China or India or Poland or somewhere that, that's just been born and they need to come up and, and, and receive the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. Are you willing to wait? Or are you going to get caught up in the world? Are you going to allow your family to just get swallowed up with all of this? I think some of us need to stand up spiritually and push against the perversion of the age. And stop condoning it because they go to your church or they're in your family, or they give a lot of money, or they've been around. It doesn't matter. They come rock, right in off the street tonight and give their heart to the Lord. God will allow some alley rat, some prostitute and drunkard to come into the message. Hallelujah. A lot of the, the message people become so affluent and arrogant and looking down their nose and, and sin will creep right in among them and they'll condone it because they go to their church. Shame on us. Don't let that happen in End Time Message Tabernacle. It's not because they come to our church. They're accepted before God. We're only accepted in the Beloved under the blood of Jesus and tonight we need the blood of Jesus in our lives. Verse 6 of Leviticus chapter 20 speaks about familiar spirits and wizards and people going whoring after them. I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy for I am the Lord your God. How many will say I am the Lord your God? Verse 9, this is a good admonishment for all of us that have parents that are still living. It's not your old man or your old woman. No, no, no. It, it ought to be respect. Everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. You can look down in these, first, these verses. My, Moses was laying it out there. Verse 12, And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man also lie with mankind... As he lieth with a woman. Homosexuality. Both of them have committed an abomination. You say it's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man take a wife, a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. Say it again, Brother John. If a man take a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. And shall be burnt with fire, both he and they, that there be no wickedness among you. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall be surely, say that's so cute and that's so nice. They can put it on their Instagram and Facebook, they're laying with a dog and their animal and their... No, it's an abomination. I want you to notice verse 15. If a man lie with a beast, he shall surely 
be put to death, and he shall ye shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down there too, thou shalt kill the woman. This is serious. Brother Steve, did it really say that? Have you ever heard this before? Or are we avoiding it? God help us. If a woman approach unto any beast, any beast, a horse, a cat, a dog, a gerbil, a lizard. So you're being funny. No, this is real. Thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. Thou shalt surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it's a cute thing. Come on. The mini skirts, the pajamas, it's just cute. It's not cute. We're blurring the lines. We're, and, and what's natural becomes spiritual. And they'll bring anything into the church. They'll say anything to the young people. They'll do any kind of thing. And it causes confusion. And I say, God, judgment must begin at the house of God. Holiness must begin at the house of God. If the lines get all blurry in church, they're going to get all blurry at home. God, bring it back into focus again. Bring it back again, Lord Jesus. Verse 23, and I know it's time to close. Ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. I just need to stop right here. You need God on your side. I said you need God on your side. I said you need God on your side. I need God on my side. Your wife needs God in the home. Our young people need God in the home. This church needs God behind the pulpit. We need the mind of Christ. We need the saith the Lord. We need the sword of the spirit to be strong and not a butter knife. The word is a sword, a two-edged sword that cuts going in and going out. We don't need a butter knife that just lathers us up with butter and honey and everything nice. And patting people on the back. And you're so good on a Wednesday night to just even be here. So I'm going to just say all good things. No, we need the Holy Spirit to bring a sword down to where it can really set us free. Can the church say amen? We need the power of God to just say it. Would somebody please say it? That's what your soul is crying out for. That's what my soul is crying out for. To be around a church full of believers, whether we're few or whether we grow, that we'll just be full of the Holy Ghost. Say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Not full of yourself. Not full of your family strains. And you bring nakedness into the house of God. You bring your, your family boundaries and standards all in here and we become just a hodgepodge of what everybody thinks. God help us, Lord. And if it's me or my house, cut it out, Lord. If it's the pastor, if it's the associate pastor, if it's the song leaders, can I say it? If it's the deacon, if it's our trustee, if it's somebody in the media, 
You say, well, they're going to stop coming. You need their money. You need all the media. We do need all the media. I thank God for them. But we want the media filled with the Holy Ghost. We want the deacon filled with the Holy Ghost. We want the Sunday school teacher filled with the Holy Ghost. We want our teenagers filled with the Holy Ghost. I think all of you are in agreement tonight. We need God on our sides. And we don't want the Lord to be abhorring us. And God forbid there'll be Ichabod written over a person's life. But they're so uh, caught up in message slogan and can just do all the motions that they think they're okay. And, and they silence the voice. They kill the voice. Don't shoot the voice. Don't kill the voice. Y'all remember the, the prospector that had gotten the gold. And it's got the gold and it's going to, you know, tomorrow I'm going to cash it in. I'm going to make good. And I had a dog and, and the dog was sensing there's a stranger. There's somebody out there in the darkness. And the man woke up. Be quiet, be quiet. Don't you know tomorrow I'm a rich man. We've got all this gold. I'm going to the city. I'm going to cash it in. This is what we've dreamed about. This is what we've fought for. This is what we've got mud all over our faces and our beards and our clothes. And, but we didn't care. We got the gold. And so be quiet, be quiet. He rolls over and, and the man's coming up to, to kill him. And the dog senses that, German Shepherd or whatever it was. And, and it's barking and barking and barking. And, and the man woke up several times. Finally, he just took out his gun and he shot the voice. He killed the voice. I don't need you anyhow. Maybe he thought he could buy five German Shepherds the next day. He'd go down there to the, you know, and let all the animals go free. He'd buy them and just set them free. He killed the voice. Oh, we can party tomorrow. We can have great times tomorrow. We can just roll over and not say anything. And tomorrow, no, you kill the voice, you'll be dead before morning. And the man that had been following him for days came in and shot the man and took his gold. I'm closing, but don't fall asleep and get distracted. We need warnings of the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit, you don't need always the pastor or someone else to call you down on something. We need the Holy Ghost. I'll go as far to say this. If you don't have that much Holy Ghost in you to even set off a little buzzer or a little warning, we need to go back to our prayer closet. And just even consider what the preacher's saying tonight. Just consider if what maybe we've crossed those lines. Because we want to be ready to go in the rapture. God bless you. I'm just going to close my Bible. My, we didn't even get very far, did we, Sister Amanda? Amen. We had quotes. We had scriptures. We had other things. But know ye not that your body is a temple, is a dwelling place for Almighty God? Let us take these things to heart tonight. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Heavenly Father, we want to be ready for this rapture. 
We want to be ready to go, Lord. Some as I look out over the congregation are even older than Brother John. They have years of experience in churches and in Bible reading and in the message and quotes of Brother Branham. But I, I realize, Lord, that we're in another season. We're in another time. Many of us have heard these things from a youth. But our children and our families need to hear them again. And God, may we wipe the spiritual uh, frolicking off of our face and smirking and looking around and wondering how someone else is going to take it. Lord, let us take the word, Lord, and examine ourselves whether we're in the faith. Where did we lose the faith? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. I think if we go back and hear Jezebel religion or some of these other messages flashing red light of the sign of his coming, we'd realize a prophet was screaming this out years ago. I wonder what he would say tonight. I wonder what he would be preaching in the conventions and in the youth meetings. I wonder what kind of atmosphere Brother Branham would be allowing in his own home or amongst the, uh, the, the services that he would be having even in the Branham Tabernacle. I wonder if Brother Branham was the pastor of End Time Message Tabernacle, what kind of messages he would be bringing. God help us, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we give full authority to our associate pastor to preach whatever's on his heart, Lord. Lord, we're not divided. We're not against one another. Brother Mark Aho, Brother Ken Andes, these other ministers that minister in our church locally, our Sunday school teachers. Lord, none of us are here for the money or the fame or the popularity. Though we've been judged uh, uh, falsely and accused wrongly, Lord, I, I believe tonight we need to lift up the flag. We need to wave the flag of this message. Are we getting people to Christ? Are we getting people to Jesus Christ? I pray tonight as we go that you would water the seed on this little Wednesday night, Lord, as we gather ourselves together and put our little coats on and our sweaters and go out into the night. I pray the real healing angel would get in every person's van, every vehicle, every car, out across the internet, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would wake up some in our church, Lord. Oh, Father, we can get under the weather, but I pray that we would get under the banister of the Holy Ghost. Get under the banner of the Word, Lord, that maybe some fell asleep. Maybe some will pick up the archive tomorrow. Let them feel the same pulsation of the Holy Ghost that was moving in the congregation tonight. For we are blessed of you. We are blessed of your Word. We are blessed, Lord. To, oh, correction is so good for a believer. When it's done in godly love and love is corrective, it brings us back in line that all true sons and daughters of God cry out, Abba, Father, thank you, Father, my Father. I want this for my heavenly home. I want to put on this adoption robe. Take us, Lord, tonight. With every head bowed, who would slip up your hand and say, I believe there can be some more work in my life, Lord. I believe there can be some chipping off, some sandpaper. I believe there's certain things I've let go. I believe there's certain attitudes, there's certain conducts in our homes. It's not the pastor's duty to go into your home and straighten out your home. You are the high priest of your home. You are in your own house, friends. Let's bring the responsibility down to the individuals that we can stand up tonight and say, I'm being counted in the house of God. Hallelujah. Your vote counts tonight. And God is looking for you and I to stand in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, and fill us with the Holy Ghost. Let's stand to our feet tonight in the precious name.
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who would lift your hand and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill me with your power, Lord. Fill me with your dunamis, Lord. Oh, start in our nursery, start in our washroom, start in the flex room, out through the Sunday school and the ministry, out in the, right here, Lord, into the assembly, into the sanctuary, oh God. Let us take it home tonight as a real Holy Ghost conviction. Let us put our shoes in our boots, in our shoes tonight and say, God, I want to be a real Holy Ghost filled Christian. You're not old-fashioned. You're not an old fogey. You're a son and a daughter of God. Stand up tonight and be counted as a believer. Put a backbone inside of your own life and say, God, forgive me if I've been in a wishbone posture, Lord. If I've been rolled over by the things of this world. Something stolen my vision. Something took me away, Brother John. I was just intoxicated with something has come over me. I don't know. I've become another person. Let the person of the Word step inside of you tonight. It can happen in a moment. It can happen in a second tonight. How many will say amen? The Holy Spirit is here right now to cut you free of any demonic spirit. You don't need a special meeting. You don't need someone from another country to come lay hands on you. Let the Word lay their hand on you. Let God lay His finger on that thing in your life and root it out in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen tonight. Say, God, I give you liberty. I give you freedom, Lord. Come in my house. Come in the closets. Come in the attic, Lord. Come in the cellar, Jesus. Deal with us, Lord. Deal with our devices. Deal with our issues. Deal with our attitudes. If we've been wrong, if we've been dirtied, Lord, wash us in the blood of the Lamb. I lift my hands tonight. Wash us in the blood of the Lamb. Justify us, Lord. And as we prayed with my wife at the end of the service last night at our little home, I asked for grace and I asked for mercy. I asked for your blood upon our lives, upon our families, upon our church, upon the local churches in this area, in Washington State, Lord. Uh, the churches down in Seattle and Rington and uh, other places, up into British Columbia, across the border, Lord. Let the Holy Ghost surge through the body of Christ. And if we hear of some of these things going on in the news or in the message chatter, let us not be lifted up in pride, but let us go immediately to our knees. Immediately, Lord, and say, God, I ask for grace. I ask for mercy. I ask for love. I ask for, Lord, brotherly kindness, Lord. For if it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be your name. That would be your family. That would be us. Oh, God, break us down to nothing. Break us, Lord, and humble us, Lord, that we can see, Lord, our, our humanness and our complexities until Jesus be formed. In Jesus' name, lead us, Brother Tim.